Welcome everyone to one two three yes wrestling where Momo wants to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris and I'm joined by Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? No, you you're not real? gonna start off with Momo. No, we're not gonna start with Momo. That thing Momo is brings creepy, the love. and it's keeping me off of Facebook right now. It's it's terrifying, and I can't stand it. You, you know, no, yeah, because after I just had a conversation with a couple high school uh, coaches on the track team. No, I'm not going to reference that at all. No, no. I mean, you're a teacher now, so is it is it a thing? You teach, what, sixth grade? Do you have you know, kids? I, I have, well, I have not brought it up to the sixth graders because um, well, our district did a uh, all call to parents about it. So I'm really trying to keep my mouth shut towards it because once you say to a sixth grader, then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I got to go check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Corey told me this. It's been interesting. As I was saying before, it looks like they now are spreading that it was a thing from like three years ago and there's no evidence of it happening now, but yeah, Facebook and social media has been kind of creepy with the weird Momo bird lady. Yeah. So, otherwise, I'm dealing with a household of uh, people with the flu. Oh. My, my son's got the flu. My wife um, might have the flu. And then there's me, who's not going to get the flu. Yeah. And Does the dog have the flu? The, the dog might have the, have the flu. I don't know. Oh, wow. So, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm not getting the flu just because I, my remedy is not medicine. I just go to the gym and I uh, load up my miles. I like it. In case so. you didn't know, this is the only episode 18 of 123S Wrestling there will ever be. We have a full show for you guys this week, including Roman Reigns, the return of Batista, Vince McMahon, then, now, and forever. As always, you can join the discussion by emailing us at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. Make sure you leave your name and where you're writing from so we can give you a proper shout-out. Subscribe to us where you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Give us a follow on Podbean, a like on Facebook, a follow on Twitter, whatever. However you want to talk to us, give us, give us a talk. Join the conversation. With that out of the way, yeah, Looks like it's everything. With that out of the way, let's get to the Curtain Jerkers of the Week. You guys ready? Ready. Yeah, what's the Curtain Jerkers? Curtain Jerkers. One, which is a really good one. Roman Reigns came out on Raw Monday to a uh, raucous ovation. Is that a word? Ruxious? Raucious? Man. You guys. You, very... you, just, you just invented some words here. and I'm There a, you go. Being English it, that, teacher, so. Those words mean excited. Very uh -huh. good. Okay. Well, I can't we'll tell roll. if Ed's frozen or not. He might be frozen. Well, we'll talk over him. <laughs> so, um, no, nah, you know what? I'm excited about this. I mean, you know, because obviously, you know, he he has leukemia. I mean, that's a that's a very serious uh, condition, and you know, he gave that heartfelt uh, message of what four months back, and said he's about October. Yeah, you know, and had to go away and you know, really battle this and we have, you know, anyone who's done any research on this, you know, it's, it's not an easy process to go through. So and the um, fact that he's back already and it's already in remission, it's awesome that he's able to knock this thing out. And especially being his second go round with leukemia, it's kind of was a little nervous that it was going to be a longer 
stressed out battle. So it's good that they were able to knock this thing out. Yeah. No, I was very happy to see him back. And, uh, I thought it was one of his like most uh, like effective promos, even because I mean everything he's saying is real, obviously, but he did deliver the message. He had people, you know, kind of in the palm of his hand too. I mean, it wasn't like he just came out and said, "Hey, I'm in remission." Like he built up to it, like a true like babyface should. And um, I think for me, it was like the best thing was to finally see like, "Hey, this guy's getting a a good reaction." Um, because he had to deal with something. And I think that maybe that was the whole problem with the Roman Reigns character is he just needed something to make him human. And I mean, there's nothing more human than going through a real life health scare, which he, what he got through. And I think this is going to be a, the, a really good thing for him going forward. And I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see him, you know, back in, uh, get into some matches and some feuds and, you know, hopefully getting his spot back, which I'm sure he will. So. Yeah, I definitely was uh, really feeling the crowd reaction. You know, it was nice to see Roman get, you know, cheers and the crowd really showing, you know, appreciation for him. And, you know, hopefully uh, WWE can utilize this, you know, in a positive way. And like I said, I'm just, I'm excited to see what happens. Well, it was nice to see him have a little bit more of a character. You know, I'm going to do this for all of you guys. I'm going to, you know, he made some comments in there about uh, being you know, of the people and being a hero and being some of those things that he never was, you know, he was always kind of a polarizing character, but he never really stood for anything. He would do, do and say stuff. And this is my yard. And he was very kind of almost a selfish character for being the top guy. So it's kind of nice to see that make some of these changes that hopefully get people behind him. Like John Cena had for so many years. Absolutely. So I guess we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited to see, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we push on through the show. Uh, shortly after uh, last week, we got done recording. I realized that the NXT did to do their announcement, as they teased last week, that we didn't get because it was part of their recording for this week's episode. So that was Bailey and Sasha Banks showing up at the NXT uh, arena in full sail saying that they'll defend their tag team, the women's tag team championships down in Florida in NXT. So that means Raw, SmackDown, and NXT is open. So we have one set of belts for the women's tag teams that it looks like it'll be defended anywhere and everywhere. That's kind of awesome. It, this is what it, titles need to be. Um, and the WWE Championship, there only needs to be one. We don't need the universal title. There should be the WWE Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, Tag Team Championship, all those, and just and, and that's it. And then they should be defended on any of the shows. Uh, they should be able to bounce around between all the brands. Like I was telling you guys for weeks now, you know, NXT needs to be the third brand. Period. No debate about it. And I like this. I think it's okay. I mean, the only the only thing that I that I get concerned about is there is such a huge roster. And the only thing that I get concerned about if you do, like, I like your idea in some ways, but like then at that point you just eliminate the brand split, which, you know, probably is going to happen anyway. But, you know, that's my only concern is like, do we have enough shows to showcase everybody, but yet somehow get them onto different shows when they want to go after different titles and things like that. But I do love the idea of that the tag belts, the women's tag belts are just defended 
on every single show. But when the women's go go ahead, the women's roster is smaller. You know, it it is easier to do that with the women's tag and even the women's championship. It's a lot easier to do that than it would be for the WWE title because there's so many people who could potentially go for that. Granted, you're still only down with a couple people that are realistically can challenge for it. So it kind of becomes a little more interesting. No, it's definitely good. I think it actually is kind of a preview of hopefully what we're going to see with some of the other titles to Corey's point. I'm just curious to see how it's executed. Well, you know, the bottom line is I just, the the titles to me, it's like they're not as meaningful because there's so many. And and I was just listening to another podcast where they're saying, you know, it's like, you know, back in the day, it was a big deal to have a title. It didn't matter which one it was. But then again, this is at a time when there wasn't that many belts in that particular organization. So, now you get all these belts. I mean, I mean, you guys tell me, what's the difference between the Universal title and the WWE title? What makes one different from the other? Is one more prestigious than the other? And I'm assuming you guys can't answer that clearly. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you what they expect. You know, they treat the Universal title like it's more prestigious, but nobody thinks it is. And since no, it hasn't been around for the past two years out of the two and a half years that it's existed, they've never given it the chance. Kevin Owens is the only champion that they had that kept that belt and showed up multiple times, as opposed to Roman Reigns had a couple little runs with it for being their top guy. But they treat the universal title like it's their number one but it doesn't get it it could have been it just had a string of bad luck because Mm -hmm. of the injuries you know finn balor getting injured right away uh you know later on roman reigns you know gets it and then you know he has the leukemia thing so i think it's a string of bad luck and then of course that bad luck you know where do we wind up when there's bad luck brock lesnar That's where we all end up when we have bad luck. <laughs> it would be cool, though, you know, like if you, to Corey's point, man, if you could really crisp deliver, like, let's say like a Pete Dunne, who's the NXT UK champ, right, showed up on SmackDown and started a feud with someone who didn't have a belt, and then that feud carried over onto SmackDown and NXT UK, and you had multiple storylines across multiple brands, like, and they were all being all being done correctly, you could really, number one, increase your network subscriptions, but as a fan, you feel like you have to tune into those shows now because you could be missing out. And, I mean, that's like, it's easier said than done, obviously, because you could be having so many different storylines going on, but I'd love to see it attempted and, like, see where it goes. Well, they did that the first first ever brand split. I remember them only having the the WWE heavyweight belt and it went back and forth and it would just be whoever was going for it. But then that person that was going for it on SmackDown would all of a sudden show up on Raw, you know, so it was like there was still the brand split. But if you were in contention for the title, they would run you on both shows so you can at least keep those big stories going. And I remember liking that. And then when they created that second belt, it just becomes it's fun to see people who you never thought you'd see with a championship, get one, you know, Mark Henry, even Daniel Bryan the first time. Lots of people have been champ. I mean, we're probably heading towards a Kofi Kingston run as much as, you know, I'm already getting text <laughs> messages about being having that bet. But, I mean, with that whole thing, I mean, that wouldn't even even be a thought 
nowadays, you know, with if they only had one belt. So it's kind of crazy to think about. I enjoy that aspect of it, but I really like when there's, you know, one championship that's just more important or is the top of the mountain here our mountain is foggy and you can't quite see you think you're on the top right. and then you look up and you see brock lesnar and you're like crap yeah <laughs> i'm not there he is shao khan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the top of the thing yeah yeah on top of that mountain with that so, big green hammer <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna take control here i'm gonna move to the next part because i'm a little excited about this okay greatest Intercontinental champion of all time is finally in the WWE Hall of Fame. Santino yes. Morella. No, don't disrespect. Do First, not disrespect this his man. debut. He won the IC title. That's who you're talking about, right? Against Umega. He came out of the crowd as just a, a boy from Italia. You know, it, I let you take over. Santino Morella, Cobra. What a great debut. I let you take control of the show for the previous 17 episodes. This is my one moment to actually move into the next part and you throw Santino into this. How ridiculous is that? Cobra! Cobra! So, before I was interrupted rudely, we're talking about the honky-tonk man. Now, oh. now, for any young viewers, you know, if you don't know who the honky-tonk man is, I encourage you, no, I demand you to go to the WWE Network check out some matches of the honky talk man because i love the character and i know some critics are going to say well he's just a, a elvis ripoff oh yes he was and you know what that was a guy that got legitimate heat he is a great example of what a heel is and i grew up you know when i started watching wrestling honky talk man was one of the characters, and um, I unfortunately missed his lengthy Intercontinental title run because I came in when uh, Ultimate Warrior was already the IC champ. But this is, I mean, and I hope nobody underestimates his contributions. He really was good at what he did, and that was just playing that typical heel character where people just they wanted to see see him get his butt kicked. So. And then he held the IC belt for like 480 days or something like that. Now, I know back then that, that kind of stuff was more possible. But he kept people just – people paid attention. No, so, I'm, I'm so thrilled with it. Um, I actually have a, a really great story. When I was a kid, um, my first wrestling show was a local show at the uh, uh, Star Plaza Radisson like, uh, Theater in Merrillville. And uh, the Honky Tonk Man was the special uh, guest wrestler. And I remember my dad took me, and I had to have been like five or six years old. And he was working at Babyface that day. Um, and I just thought he was so cool. And then, obviously, it was like my first time seeing a WWF wrestler live. Um, so that just blew my mind. So I've always been a, a favorite of him. And I think, I can't remember where I heard it, but... He was brought up as, like, the reason why wrestlers like him are so good is they take a character that, against all odds, you would think is going to fail, and they make it work. So, yeah, you know, to Corey's point, an Elvis impersonator, right? Like, if I'm a wrestler, like, in you know, uh, can I make this work? You know, like, he took it, he grabbed it, and he, like, just completely made that character work 
for an entire career. Same with like things like The Undertaker and you know, uh, I'll even give Doink the Doink the Clown his shine in the '90s. Like that gimmick should not have worked, and he made it work. So it's like these are the wrestlers you you end up having a lot of respect for because they were given something that probably would have anybody else would have totally destroyed it, and they made it work. Absolutely. Yeah. We have any other predictions as we're now getting these weekly Hall of Fame induction announcement? Who do we think would go in next? Who do you think? should go in this year no it's hard is like as the years go by i'm like i try to remember who's already in and who's not but Did like vader Kong... get put in no vader's not in and no, he I passed away he so yeah that would... yeah it'd be a I good year for him. him well i figured if they're since they're already kind of putting in jim neinhardt and china yeah. who are both passed i don't see them doing another yeah person who's not granted they're putting them in as groups but well no they the they didn't officially. They announce didn't announce that. the heart. That, that, that's no. just a rumor right now. That just, is, that's just, just a rumor. rumor, and they've already done DX, so that'd be interesting if they did multiple, you know, groups. So they won't do that one. Yeah, they better not if they don't want that thing to go like eight to ten hours. Yeah, well, I was already thinking how the DX thing is going to go on it. That can that's probably going to be an hour on its own. The hard thing, the trouble is Owen, and it it always is going to be Owen um, until they get that figured out with his estate. Yeah. I don't see that ever coming nope. coming there, but I'm excited to see. I always like to see who's going in. I never watched the Hall of Fame because it's way too long. But <laughs> and it, it's it's always hit and miss on what they're going to talk about. I like the ones that really have messages. DDP had, gave, a, gave a great speech a couple of years yeah. ago when he went in. But I like the ones that are inspirational, and I like the ones that tell stories. The ones that go on tangents about just whatever is just. You're just like fast forward, fast. Yep. Now it's time for the mid card wrap up, which starts every week with Mr. Fitness's sits and bits. Why, hello, wannabe gym rats! I'm back to save another episode because let's face it, these guys are just struggling to get through it. Hey, gym rats, let's play a game called one of these things is not like the other. Mysterio, Andrade, R-Truth. <laughs> hmm. How about this one? Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston. Yeah, that's right. I went there. Speaking of Kofi, Vince McMahon swerves the WWE universe by taking Kofi out and putting Kevin Owens in the WWE championship match. That's right, Morlocks. Vince McMahon is going to work you until you stop wearing AEW shirts, stop bringing beach balls to the events, otherwise Cesaro is going to break them, or when you finally stop chanting CM Punk chants. Or how about when you stop wearing cosplay wrestling outfits? Or maybe when you start cheering John Cena? Or maybe when you finally move out of your parents' basement? Or maybe you actually get into some kind of reasonable shape so you can stop wearing the t-shirts in the stupid pool. Either way, that's when he'll finally stop. Shame. Are you okay there, Ed? All right, continuing. Shame on you, Leo Rush. 
Shame on you. Alexa Bliss offered a proposition to Finn Balor. Show me your abs and I'll show you my show you your what? <laughs> Breath? Your butt? A tattoo in a naughty area? Insert imagination. Ugh. On behalf of all men, I hate you, Leo Rush. Everybody is talking about Ric Flair's birthday celebration and how Batista ruined it by attacking him. But this is what everyone should really be talking about. What is the deal with Shawn Michaels' facial hair? I mean, is it a beard? Is it a mustache? Is it a handlebar mustache? What is it supposed to be? Someone go find Shawn Michaels a mountain to go live on. Jeez. Hashtag. Help. HBK's facial hair. On a serious note, welcome back, Roman Reigns. We are all happy you're in remission now. So go take back your yard. This is Mr. Fitness's Sits and Fits. Don't sit, just stay fit. It's going to be a miracle if we have listeners after Mr. Fitness's pipe bomb. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think all 12 of them just okay. ran away. <laughs> they're like oh crap I'm not, I'm not welcome here <laughs> all right going with raw we're gonna pick up where mr fitness uh dropped his pipe bomb there roman reigns is back cancer and remission he already ran out to the ring and helped save dean ambrose where how do we think uh wwe handled and should handle his return as we move forward now Turn him heel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hate to say that, but I I I kind of agree with you at this because it's like, why not? You know, after all this time, we're trying to get them cheered, and now the fans are beautiful. If they just like pull a total swerve and they pull them heel and. Oh, man. And then he gets on the mic and just rubs it right into that WWE universe. That would be great. That would be great. But, yeah, no way in hell, man. They just they finally figured out a way to get him cheered, unfortunately. And you, you have a, tons of people out there who still are screaming that this thing's a work. Oh, that, I that, that they that. faked that they faked his cancer so he, that you people would cheer for him, which is insane. I can't imagine that in a million years. But... It's crazy to I. It's crazy to think that they would uh, turn him. Probably heel. also think the Earth is flat. I don't have time for that crap. I'm sorry. No, I. Well, as we as fans, there, there's got to be a line drawn. I mean, it's like I understand that you know we may not agree with everything that Vince McMahon or people in the higher ups of WWE do, but come on, that that's that's below the belt. There, there's no way Vince McMahon or anybody from that company would stage or you know making a fake storyline well supposedly he's booked for every raw through may including their european tour just no live events anytime soon so it looks like he's back for all intensive purposes um also announced for those same events dean ambrose is booked all the way through may for raw uh, live events how about that yeah, that's kind of interesting when his contract is supposedly expired in April and he's going to leave, and mm. now he's booked to be on shows, including the European tour in May. 
Maybe it's a handshake so, agreement, like AEW. Maybe so, they didn't offer him a vice presidentship, so he can't go to AEW. So, so can I just say this? That you know, does nobody see that WWE now does storylines on social media? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, come on, Becky Lynch and Ronda are putting their their match in the main event as a result of social media exchanges. Why, why wouldn't you know it be too far fetched that Vincent to come up with this idea of just let Ambrose, you know, tell people on social media or give the impression or tell dirt cheat writers, you know, put them in, you know, work the dirt cheat writers. It's about time. Yeah, and you you would think the internet would be a wrestling promoter's dream to be able to constantly be moving along storylines or swerving your your main audience you know and things like that i mean it, it just makes sense that he's finally figuring it out i think that that i can use this as a tool to really get people worked up and sell my sell my shows and i'm sure we'll get into that more but like yeah like i think we talked about it plenty i don't think any of us we we kind of thought dean was out but at the same time even if he was going to be out the fact that they gave us a timeline and they talked about the timeline meant I think they knew very well that uh, they were going to figure out a way to get him to stick around. And it seems like they're, they figured it out. So don't you think with social media, do you think any of these wrestlers have like private social media accounts that they talk to their friends and family with? Sure. Or do you think it's just this one? Cause you know, they, when they have to like Becky Lynch, her Twitter is her basically being in character 24 seven. I never see any posts about her like with a fancy casserole that she just made or new running shoes. It's like character. So where does she, where is her outlet to be able to do that when the Undertaker wants to show off his his uh his teddy bear collection? Where does he do that? I was trying to think of the name of a cookie jar. I wanted him to have a cookie jar collection, but I could not remember what a cookie jar was. Last last week, I couldn't remember Asgard for Thor. This week, I can't remember cookie jars. Jeez. But, I mean, where do you think – I mean, do you think they missed this opportunity to be able to show off their teddy bear collections? I, I think some of them just prefer not to because mm-hmm. they're already public figures. I think they just like to be very private. So then they probably don't have a separate one, but, but then on the flip side, there's probably some that just have one and it's probably a, a name that we wouldn't be able to even figure out because they would make sure it's so like not connected to them in any way. And then they probably just give it to their, you know, close circle of friends and family. And realistically, you just lock it down and yeah, that too. It's not too bad. I had to do a resume assignment. And give all my classmates, here's my, here's all my social media stuff. Go try to, go try to find dirt. And I was even trying to look and there's nothing there because I'm a ghost. (laughs) But just thought that was interesting. And then I really thought, yeah, Dean Ambrose being booked till May, which is kind of good. Maybe this whole thing was just his way of uh, not being a heel anymore. Yeah, that could be it. He probably just didn't like being Bane and having gas men. Yeah, I thought it was weird on Raw when he came out because it was he came out to his regular music. Right. When he left, he had the the air horns. Yeah, I think that was a mistake. So it was like back and forth. Is he supposed to have the air horns and be a bad guy, or is he supposed to be good, or is he just this mixture and nobody cares anymore? I think they're just going to try to do the Shield reunion again, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nothing bad happens because it seems like every time they try to get these guys back together again, 
like something happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> so do you think we have a, a shield reunion for Fastlane? Sure, why not? It seems like it would be logical at this point. And throw the throw them up against Baron and Lashley and McIntyre and yeah, give one more last hurrah before they go separate ways. Where are they where, going? Yeah, where does Roman go for Mania? That's what I want to know. I, Most likely, I would imagine something with Dean. I I would imagine it would have to be a tag. Yeah, something that he can split his time up against. They should do him and Dean versus you know Ricochet and Alistair Black, or him and Dean versus DIY would be. Oh. Oh yeah, That'd be something. That'd be something. To, something to see. We had the NXT guys again this week doing their thing. Well, Johnny Gargano, they weren't on. Him and Ciampa weren't on either show, were they? Uh, I can't. I can't remember. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Supposedly, yeah. Ciampa's got some kind of injury. So, well, on on Wednesday on NXT, I don't know if you guys saw Ciampa brought Gargano to the ring and said that since they're doing the Dusty Rhodes Classic again, that they should reunite DIY, and he agreed to it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing. Hopefully that they're good for Mania. Granted, you imagine that they're going to have a takeover match a couple nights before of some kind. So we'll see. It's weird how they are got to mix these storylines now and who's going to be who on Raw and who's going to be who on NXT. Um, what do we think about the Ricochet and Aleister Black team up? I you like it's the revival, and I don't like the revival constantly losing these guys. No, but. I don't like the the revival who just won the tag belts are losing so much. But um, man, Ricochet's meant for the main roster, dude. Like I when I when he came out and I saw his entrance, I'd never had actually seen his full entrance and everything. Like man, like that guy's got star written all over him. Yeah, he's the definitely yeah. out of these guys. He's the easiest to sell. Alistair Black, I think, is the next one that probably they could do something with, throw him in a good pro, a good feud with Shinsuke Nakamura, let them just kick each other in the face for 20 minutes. I would buy that ticket. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Becky Lynch was arrested. Ronda <laughs> Rousey then uh, dropped the women's title at Stephanie McMahon's feet when Vince McMahon wouldn't come out and reinstate Becky Lynch. I'm enjoying this storyline. Yeah, well, well, like I said, they're they're doing everything using a, a very stone cold formula, which I'm okay with. Um, you know, actually, when she went up the ramp, I had this flashback of Stone Cold. I think they used it in his uh in his video in the on the Titan Trot of him, you know, walking back with his handcuffs, and he's got like a little he's talking like trash and stuff. And I was like, man, I was like, they're really, you know, they pulled out the Stone there. Cold book. Yeah. Playbook and, 316, and they're just playing. They're just reading page by page. And Stone Cold said himself, he's okay with it. He's at, he's very okay with this character. He he loves Becky Lynch. He, you know, he thinks that she's really pulling this off well. And um, Ronda dropping the title, a nice little you know twist to this, you know, because like I said, you obviously got to you got to stretch a story, you know, because it's got to make it all the way to Mania. And I, I'm liking this direction. Let's see what happens next week now with uh, you know Charlotte wanting to just uh, claim the belt now. Well, it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I thought Rhonda's promo was good, too, because she's like, look, you know, look, like, I don't need this. 
like you know and i love that she said that line you know you always just give people just enough to where she stick or where they stick around that was a direct shot at brock lesnar mm-hmm. and i mean like which is interesting because obviously the rumor is she may not be around but i thought that the way she delivered that was very natural and um you know she, I, I feel like she uh you know twisted stephanie just a little bit to where i see like the kids stephanie and shane starting to stand up to vince is in my eyes where this storyline starts starts to go um but yeah it, it was well well that was probably the most well executed part of this uh whole like storyline for me so far like it got me ho- it got me hooked but i also and i'm sorry chris i'll let you talk in a second i i have to really give props to charlotte in this whole thing because i know there's a lot of people that didn't want her in it. And I know there's still some people that don't want her in it, but when I'm, as I'm watching this as from a storyline standpoint, Charlotte is really hitting it out of the park. That character now that she has, and she is really like just stabbing it right into the WWE universe. She knows exactly what they think and she knows exactly how to work it. And Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, she's she's been she was one of the ones I wanted to talk about because yeah, her heel promos being really the only bad guy out of the three um, is really allowing her to just dig in and be the biggest bad that she can be, which has been fun. And I really hope I really hope on Monday she comes out on Raw and Vince, Vince McMahon hands her. I hope she becomes Raw Women's Champ on Monday, and she goes into Mania as the champ because if she goes into Mania as the champ, you honestly don't know who's going to win. Because when Ronda walks in as a champ, you assume Becky's going to win because they're not going to give it to Charlotte over Becky, and you're going to assume Ronda's going to lose. If Charlotte walks in as the champ and she's defending against Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, I could see Ronda Rousey winning that match, pinning Charlotte and not pinning Becky and moving that into a one-on-one. So I really wouldn't know who would win that match if you give that belt to Charlotte. Yeah, I think that's perfect. That, that idea of Charlotte being handed by Vince the, the title, especially with the way Vince's character is developing here. So, yeah. yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But, yeah, it's setting up that story with the McMahon kids and Triple H versus Vince and however whatever they're going with that, which we'll get into here in a minute. Yeah, just him giving belts to people and him just doing questionable stuff. It just writes that story and makes it compelling to see what they're going to do. So I'm really enjoying that. They're setting this to be main event of WrestleMania. And one of the best WrestleMania events we've probably had since what ended up being about WrestleMania 31 with uh, the first Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match with Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank, which, I mean, that was a good match before Seth Rollins did that. But this is the best main event they're setting up when it's surprising, you know, the way that this company has handled the women's division. It's crazy that they have turned this thing around to something that you need to see. You need to see what happens with these women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even a year ago, right after the last WrestleMania, you know, there was already floating rumor about the women having the main event next year. And there was a lot of, you know critics that were saying uh, I don't know if that could work so it's amazing what we've seen you know you know almost a year later now well a lot of that has to do with Ronda Rousey being able to go and Ronda right. Rousey adapting Absolutely. and being able to be the star that they needed her to be if she would have flopped on them this whole thing wouldn't have worked but she came out and she brought legitimacy to that division 
Um, some there's some questionable ways of you know her not just destroying people, how she's taken damage from Alexa Bliss or some of these some of the her challenges and some of the people that she fought she probably shouldn't have sold as much as she did, but that's learning and that just is what it is. Also, they close Raw off with Ric Flair seventieth birthday party. They pulled out all the stops for this. You know, it seemed like it was tailor-made for Becky Lynch to crash, and they let someone else crash it. But they pulled out Sting, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Shawn Michaels. They Triple H was there. They had a cake. They brought out a Ric Flair championship belt with all of his reins on it. I mean, they threw a party for him that he didn't make it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a what a delivery, though. Like, I... Like that belt too is awesome. Like I'm happy he got a custom like OG WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt. It looks so cool. But yeah, like you get all these people, and then that's how it ends. And I, I, it was good because I have not had a markout moment in a long time, and that was totally, you know, I stood up and I was like, oh my god, you know, and it was it was very cool. I enjoyed that. Well- the, I what I loved the most about it, and just a tiny little detail, I loved how the the first moment we realize it's Batista is because he's grabbed the camera guy. It's like a raw shot. I love raw kind of like you know, you know, not very clean shots, and you know, and he's dragging the the camera guy. I I don't know. It, to me, I just love that stuff, and I hope they do more of that stuff. Um, but come on, man, Batista, the heel. I mean, this is what he wanted back in, what, 2014, and now we're going to get it, and he's going to do it right. And this is this is a nice way to – because we all, we all kind of knew that Triple H, Batista was definitely a consideration. So I like the way this is uh, kind of, you know, evolved since the uh, last time they were in the ring together. Yeah, they've they t- they've turned it into a story that people care about with one segment with the Batista dragging a cameraman and then dragging poor seventy year old thought he was gonna die a year ago Ric Flair down the hall by his collar and just dragged him and then dropped him on the floor. It was just like Jesus, this is a story now. All of a sudden you're like, all right, Batista's back and he's a bad guy. Yep, let's let's go with this. And I hope you know. I hope he's back for a little bit. I know he always talked about one more run, but then I also knew he said he just wanted to fight Triple H at Mania, so I don't know if this is a one-off or not. You know what? And if it is a one-off, I'm okay with it because better to go off with a bang versus to just drag on for way too long. I really, really wish we could get a Brock Lesnar program before they both leave just because that's the one feud we never saw. And they, you know, I remember, I think they only had one match in OVW when they were in developmental. And I always like, part of me wanted to see these two guys go at it. I remember like in the old SmackDown games, I'd always have Batista versus Brock Lesnar. I know it's a long shot and I know it'll be a triple H match, but man, if he could stick around for a little bit, you know, and then we could have a Brock Lesnar who's not universal champ in some different feuds. That would be okay with me. I'm just saying. Right. I would I would like Lesnar to go back to the I'm going to fight big feud things. You know, when he came back and he was like, all right, I'm in a feud with CM Punk. All right, I'm in a feud with Randy Orton. Yeah, I'm in a feud. And it wasn't for the belts. It was just I'm in a feud with this person that you thought you'd never see this matchup, you know. And there are all those matches that we wanted to see. 
and still would love to, which we now have gotten a couple between Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles and Finn Balor now and Brock Lesnar. But I'd love to see Cesaro and Brock Lesnar. You know, I mean, there's some of these people that just you'd love to see them go because I really think Cesaro could just they could put on a show and Brock Lesnar, I think, would want to work with them. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of other ones, but Cesaro's the one who pops into my head that I always wanted to see them go at it, too. But I enjoyed the Batista. I didn't have that spoiled for me, waiting for the Hulu cut to give it to me. And I was like, where are they going with this segment? And I kind of had Becky Lynch in my head. I figured that was where they were going. And uh, I could just see her holding Ric Flair in the disarmor, waiting to get reinstated. (laughs) Like, I could just see it. Um, So I figured they were going that way. Even when they arrested her, I figured, I mean, the Shield showed up in a squad car after they got arrested they were like oh we stole a squad car and drove back to raw (laughs) so i figured if becky lynch would figure out something but batista that was a nice surprise and yeah i marked out a little bit on that too i was like oh okay that was cool i didn't know that was coming so that was so i'm excited to see and that now became a match that i kind of want to see and if you're going to put triple h in a match give them batista and let them do their thing and you're not wasting current talent fighting triple h like they've done the past few years on to SmackDown, one of the biggest things coming out of SmackDown was, as Mr. Fitness mentioned, Kofi Kingston's out and Kevin Owens in. <laughs> so is this uh, always the booking plan or is this a swerve because of the big output for Kofi or was this always what was going to happen? I think it's a swerve because of the output for Kofi. I think I know I made a prediction of Bray Wyatt several weeks ago uh, and maybe that was the plan. I, I just think because of the reaction of Kofi, they made some adjustments and, you know, uh, it, it just feels weird all, all around because Kevin Owens was like kind of being billed in his um, vignettes is kind of coming back as a baby face. And obviously this brings him back, you know, I, he, he may be still be trying to be a baby face, baby face, but he got booed when he got announced as the replacement. So this also could be a result of the new booking direction. I don't know, but it makes me feel like Kofi is going to somehow be in the main event at WrestleMania now. Well, yeah. I mean, we got to remember this is the business. And what we got here is a character that the crowd has just gone crazy over in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, WWE's not stupid. They're like, do we give it to him at Fastlane or do we give it to him at WrestleMania? I mean, it's an over and a WrestleMania would probably be the better option. I mean, you know, and like I said, I'm looking at this from a business standpoint. You know, I'm already thinking of all the crazy T-shirts they're going to make for Kofi Kingston because, you know, they're going to have a Kofi Mania shirt and they'll probably create all kinds of random, you know, it's almost like a rebranding of the New Day with a focus on Kofi. You know, give them, give them the belt. I know and you're going to trash it, but that's right. <laughs> but Maybe the WWE title, you know, when we talk about the identity of the belt, I was mentioning that earlier, maybe the WWE title is, is, is the workman's belt. Maybe it's, it's the IC belt of today. No, you're, you're probably right. I, uh, this is also the same company. Now, of course, they're making their changes and they're doing that. But this is also the same company that, you know, Rusev Day was huge a couple of years ago. They never did anything with it. You know, how many we can count how many people were getting over on their own, even Daniel Bryan before WrestleMania 30 with no intention of putting him there. It wasn't until they finally did 
stubbornly listen and put him in. So, I mean, yeah, they've gotten better, but there's still been moments over the past few years where people have been cheered and been completely behind and they just let it squash out or they pull them straight off TV and let people forget about them before they bring them back because they're not getting over. That was part of why Bad News Barrett or, you know, uh, Wade Barrett left when he left a few years ago because he wasn't supposed to get his gimmick over. He was supposed to be a bad guy and he was getting cheered. So, I mean, this is the same company that doesn't always listen. Damien Sandow. Um, hold on, Damian Sandow. guys. Guys, I'm going to go back. Business, business, business. All those examples you just said had one thing that didn't happen back then. They didn't have a Fox deal. This Fox deal is a game changer. They're put, what was it, a billion dollars? No. Now they have to follow through with this. They have to get characters that fans are just truly going to be behind. Um, they need to get the ratings up. They need to do a lot of different things. And quite honestly, I think what they're trying to do is let's change the formula. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And we didn't get to it last week, but I know Kevin Owens was the rumored opponent for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So it seems like they're still going that way. So we're assuming that now, I mean, Kofi Kingston, I'm sure he's going to work his way back into whether it's Fastlane or whether it's Mania. We see a triple threat at either one of these events. I don't know about a triple threat, but I, I definitely wanted to say, like, to Corey's point, there's a lot more at stake than to get Kofi in this main event because of what it does to the new day. Um, I mean, just imagine if he does win and like you could see a custom new day title belt, kind of like what they did with the new day tag titles. And I, I really am. I think it'd be curious to see the group dynamic. I don't think it would change much. I think that they could eventually turn one of them heel and get mad at Kofi for stealing the spotlight. But you could literally just have them be a unit, not break up, and one of them holds the world title, which would be the first time you've ever seen anything like that. And it so. just adds a different element to the group because the group, you know, we'll admit, you know, the group is definitely going stale. You know, it's gotten old. It's, you know, we've seen it all. Now this this bringing new, you know, almost like a, you know, uh, a, a recharge or something like that. I don't know what the proper word is for the New Day group. But I don't know how he, like, to your point, Chris, I don't know how he gets in right now. Like, so we have Kevin Owens. He sat down in the chair, stone-faced, signed the contract, and, you know, that's it's, we're going to have that as a one-on-one -on -one match, and I'm sure it'll be good. But, like, I am curious to see now how, how you know, some of these match things that Vince has done, how does it get righted? Or how, does, how do the people that we want in the match get in the match? Stephanie and uh, Shane are going to be the, the factors. Because like Chris was saying earlier, I, I, I think this is a, a transition of eventually Vince stepping off. And I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But Shane and Stephanie. It makes sense. It makes sense. Also, AEW lost two potential signees this week with the return of Batista, who was supposed to go to AEW, I thought. And now Matt Hardy, who seemed like he was dropping little teases that he was going to go to AEW. And I'm okay leaving WWE. And now him and Jeff signed a one-year extension. So we had a reunion from the Hardy Boys, which I thought was weird because last thing I heard, Matt Hardy's 
tailbone fused with his spine and he couldn't walk so it's kind of crazy and then he shows up on instagram looking like a million bucks yeah. like he's cut yeah. weight and he looks in great shape and i'm like what the heck's going on then this is why i'm telling you it's social media is the other platform to develop stories yeah just serving the fans it's just got to learn how to use it, you know, and you got those couple people who can. Becky Lynch can use it. Matt Hardy's always good with the social media and dropping those things. Uh, and, you know, Jericho was always good at trolling people and then showing up and doing. So it's kind of crazy. But I enjoyed our truth got a win. Got a win, and he brought back the open challenge, which I am completely for. That'll get him over, and it'll get the belt over. Just yeah. that – I'm sorry, that needs to be a permanent gimmick of that title, just that is defended every night. And it just brings so much respect to a belt. I, it, it really does. I just love the fact that he referenced John Cena. What would John Cena do, you know, in the in the scenarios? And then when I was a little boy, John Cena, my hero. And you're like, wait, I'm pretty sure our truth is like a decade older than John Cena. <laughs> but I loved when Carmella told him, what John Cena would do in this situation and make a triple threat. And he was like, I, I forgot what he said. The reference was, it was just, it was funny. You know, our truth is so good. And oh yeah. Our truth said, he said, man, he's brave. <laughs> right. And you know what it is? He's just, he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think our truth realizes what his position is in the company, but I think he's also smart enough to realize that is if you're entertaining, that that's, you're going to be over too. Yep. You don't necessarily have to have the five-star matches. That's true. So, Which he can, so that's kind of crazy. Do you guys have anything else from Raw or SmackDown? No, I'm good. Then we'll move on to our main event, Vince McMahon, then, now, and forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know Corey's very excited as we had a lot of stuff going on um, with Vince this week and just kind of really seeing as he's inputting himself back into the storylines and as we talked about making questionable decisions which makes it seem like they're leading to a storyline that could be him leaving power at least in front of the cameras you know he's probably still be a vaccine but knowing that we have the xfl starting back up next year less than a year for the xfl relaunch you know he's gonna have to focus on that so pulling his attention from wwe probably wouldn't be the worst thing for them or us Lots of changes happen behind the scenes this week. Lots of changes happening in front of the cameras. We're excited. You know, it's um, it's fascinating. And this and I, I came up with this idea to do this topic for the main event for this episode because when I'm looking at these two episodes this week, I couldn't help but just focus my thoughts on Vince and what is his thinking. You know, right now, moving forward in the future, because I feel like we're we're in the midst of something developing, and you you know we're all fans of many years, so we've seen a lot of the different phases of WWE through the years, and I'm really starting to, you know, when when I'm looking at the the fact that they're starting, I'm noticing the change in the formula. Now, the big thing that I think is worth talking about is Bruce Pritchard is supposedly back on as a top position in the writing team. 
And for people that don't know who Bruce Pritchard is, he was uh, he was uh, basically Vince's right hand man for many years when it came to creative. Uh, he started in 1987, basically spanned all the way to about 2011-2012, somewhere in that ball ballpark. I think it was 2009. Oh, 2009. Okay, I'm a few years off. So, See, that was still that's twenty something years. He was the executive producer. Uh, and then pe- people that are listening to his podcast, you probably know about his podcast, uh, something to wrestle with with Conrad Thompson. And I mean, he's he's a guy that's just got a very creative mind. You know, you got his brother, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, he was a, a main guy back scene behind the scene, and you know, bringing him back, I really think is a this is a game changer, big deal in my opinion, because if anybody does any history or listens to any of uh, Bruce's podcasts, he was a major reason behind a lot of good stuff that happened. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like this week, especially, and you know, even uh, last week I can, I think the biggest thing for me is I think Vince is you know starting to show exactly why he is Vince McMahon and he is so smart, like he knows th- how people feel about him and I think he now realizes that people want to see him step aside, and I think he's going to use that as a way to drive a storyline, which is the only thing Vince McMahon knows how to do, which is and he's going to do it successfully. So what 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 better way than to literally go out and just pull the rug out? from all of the t- the best things that fans like right now, like Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch. Like, he is the master at this. And you know what? He If, if we want to make him the killjoy and, you know, he needs to step aside and, you know, mm-hmm. let somebody else, he's going to make people, like, kick and scream to have it happen. So he, I, I don't even think this is the end of it. I think he's going to keep doing this stuff all the way to, to Mania. But to Corey's point, I do think uh, this is a sign that there is some pretty crazy changes happening to the creative process of this company. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see how it plays out. And one thing I do want to add to this is that what we see happen now or what we've been seeing now and then into the fall, this is going to prove why, and like I said, I've been on the bandwagon for this since since it's been announced, but Vince is going to prove why AEW will not even be a factor to WWE because Vince knows wrestling. He knows the business. He is going to make the product better. The ratings are going to go back up because he just simply knows the business. He knows what he's got to do. He knows who he's got to get. I think this Bruce Pritchard thing is a perfect example. And he he got Abyss, Jeff Jarrett. Um, there's a couple other names I'm forgetting. These are guys Shane that, Helms. Shane Helms. Guys that know what they're doing. So And we're going to see it as it progresses throughout the summer and then into the fall. By the time it gets onto Fox, and then AEW get their thing going. AEW is gonna, you know, it, it's they're not gonna do it. They're they're not even gonna be close. Do you think that uh, part of this 
AEW could be part of him, them wanting Bruce Pritchard since Bruce works with Conrad, who's working pretty close with AEW, being Absolutely. at all their ticket rallies. And I mean, obviously the next step could be, could have potentially been Bruce Pitch, Pritchard getting grabbed by AEW to be their executive producer and help put together their program. So, I mean, grabbing him t- potentially away from AEW, he's he's one of, out of all of the people that could have potentially signed with AEW that have or haven't, he's one of the ones that I believe really was probably headed that way. I could see them dumping money at him unless, you know, Cody and them are really just adamant against not having traditional bookers. And, and I would agree with you. I mean, Triple H even said in one of his quarterly conference calls, it's like, they admit, we're paying attention. It's not that they're ignoring AEW. They're, they're paying attention to everything. You know, they pay attention to any competition. So, yeah, I mean, grabbing uh, Bruce Pritchard, you know, before AEW does, a brilliant move because you can't deny – the, the man's ability to understand the business. I mean, good Lord, he, all the, all the time periods Bruce Pritchard's been around in WWE and helped create good Lord. That's a, that's a diamond. It goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I almost feel there is more knowledge of what is, of what we know in the backstage, like, and it, with these kind of moves and like, let's say a Bruce Pritchard is brought in, not only to you know help the creative process, but to stay away from AEW, then maybe there is a lot more into AEW than we really realize, and that WWE does see them as whoa, they're they've got some they're making some moves, and you know that's that that's only going to be good for us as viewers because it's going to make WWE's product better. So Absolutely. you know, and I I actually was more refreshed that Vince is is so obviously aware now of how the fans feel about him. And now he's going to just be 100% in until he goes away. And the sad thing is, I feel like these moves mean that he might be going away soon. Because um, how else do the, how else does this storyline play out? Yeah. So so who gets the credit for the, I mean, this these Monday, Raw and SmackDown on Tuesday this week were noticeably different. They were noticeably better. They had storylines. Every all the little people had storylines. You know, there was a lot of throwbacks into how wrestling used to be booked. So now, is was that how they were going to do this? Is Bruce Pritchard getting all the credit for coming in and in less than one week, changing? I mean, does he have that much power coming into no. this? No, no, you, you can't throw it all his way. Um, you gotta. It, it, it's a it's a team because they got so many different writers. I think um, maybe what Bruce is doing, maybe he's learning how to utilize all the writers that they got. Um, Because for what we hear, and obviously what do I know? I'm just someone that reads internet stuff. You know, that, you know, the writers, it's like they come up with all these ideas and then eventually Vince just shoots them down, you know, and then goes with whatever his idea is. I think... Uh, Bruce Pritchard, the the one thing that he's got that all these other writers don't have is Bruce Pritchard was around when there wasn't a ton of writers. It was just Vince, Bruce, Pat Patterson. Um, So he's got a more personal relationship with Vince. So I think he's got more of an ability to convince Vince when it comes to the final decisions. Well, and I think he'll tell Vince when something sucks. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether or not they still do it. But I mean, I think when you surround yourself by people who just look at you and will just, yeah, yes, yes, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do that. And just a bunch of yes men. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that's how you get crap. Especially at his age now. It's like, you know, Bruce Kircher's much older. Um, he had no intention of coming back. So they had to really give him a, a really sweet deal. And then. You know, Bruce, with his podcast and everything, was was living fine. It's not like he needed the job. So I, I bet he does, like, just tell it as it is. And I think Vince likes that. I think Vince misses the guys that would just have the courage to just speak up and say, yeah, th- this is – no, that's not a good idea, Vince, and this is why, and this is what I would do. All yeah. bosses want that. <laughs> yeah, They, they do want it. someone to tell you – what I've told vice presidents of companies how stupid some of their ideas are. And they always end up, I like that guy because I tell them what it is. And I'm not, I'm the only person that's not doing that. So, I mean, Ed, you, I know you got employees that work under you and I know you don't want them all kissing your ass constantly. And when they're willing to tell you this, that, and the other, then you, you go out for them and you do those things for your employees and the people who show like they show that they care. Two things make you incredibly lazy. It's when no one speaks up and when you don't have competition. And I feel like that has literally been what's happened at WWE for a long time. And now guess what? People are speaking up and now people realize that there could be competition. So I'm just ready for some awesome residuals. Like, yeah, am I going to get into AEW? Absolutely. Am I going to be WWE first? Probably, because that's always been what I've watched. Even during the Monday Night Wars, I was always... A WWE guy and I did watch WCW but you know I'm in it to see what they do to make a great product and um, yeah the this week was so different from a viewing standpoint and uh, I think it's only going to get better and that's what AEW has to do if they can if they just put on the same wrestling show that's been being put on for the past 10 15 years like impacts done where it just feels like a wrestling show if they don't put together stories like WWE did this week they're all going to sink. Yeah, I mean, Cody's got his hands full. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it's going to be a struggle at the beginning. And Kevin Nash even brought up an interesting point. He mentioned, you know, he's like, he's like, so the the Khan family, you know, they coughed up, I, I think, $100 million to invest into this company. And, and Kevin Nash said, he's like, yeah, that's, great but he was like he's like i remember wcw we went through a hundred million in seven months so what's going to happen when the hundred million's all been used up yep oh so at some point you know aew is going to have the challenge of you got to make sure you're making money because the even the billionaire eventually if he doesn't see you know a return on his investment he's is going to want to cough up that kind of money moving forward. So, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge. So now we agree that they're setting some kind of story of Vince making bad decisions and pretty much getting a removal from power. I mean, that seems to be where they're headed towards, whether or not it's his kids, whether or not it's Triple H, whether or not Vince just steps down on his own, even in storyline form, whether or not it's real or not, who knows. But storyline form... 
that's where it seems like they're heading. So how long do you think they run this story out? Do you think it goes just to Mania? Do you think they run it all the way out till October when they move to Fox? How do we see this playing out? I, I think it stretches to uh, the fall because it just doesn't seem like they have enough time to really get it to where it needs to go. I think they're just planting more seeds into it, you know, especially with the events making all these random decisions and kind of stepping over Shane and Stephanie. And right now Shane and Stephanie haven't like, you know, responded back. They haven't mm-hmm. really fought back yet. So I, I, I would say that we definitely are looking at something that's going to stretch over the summer and, and, you know, maybe it culminates in the fall. I think that Vince is also all in with the whole XFL thing. There was an interesting article uh, that popped up this week that said that initially, actually, the uh, secondary league that just started up this season was going to buy the assets of the XFL and relaunch the XFL. And during the negotiations, Vince basically said, well, no, I'll just restart it. And um, I think he sees an opportunity to finally win at this whole football thing. So I think that's the other part of it, too, is he may be wanting to step aside so he can do the XFL the right way, um, which is that's fine as well, too. But I see it being stretched out beyond mania. I think maybe at mania you you're at the start of it. But, yeah, I think they it'd be a very rushed job if they did something before then. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can see a SummerSlam or even a Survivor Series for that kind of storyline. Well, and I know behind the scenes for real, I know Vince really hasn't stepped back from SmackDown, and he hasn't really been hands-on SmackDown. I mean, I know they said he'll talk on the phone, but he hasn't really, he hasn't been to SmackDown um, running things. That's been all Triple H for the past six months or even longer. So I know he's been stepping back and kind of letting them run a little bit more. So it's nice to see it played out, and hopefully they give him a good Nothing nothing ever stays gone forever in wrestling, but hopefully they give him a nice little send-off, and I'm sure he'll want to go down in a blaze of glory. And you know what? I, I think at the end of the day, it's like I think us fans need to realize that what we're seeing, you know, the, the good things are happening. Good things are happening right now. They've actually been happening for a little bit now, but I think it's going to, you know, really start to show for the ones that are still uncertain and – you know, we might be in for, you know, a, a new era. A uh, new day? Chris doesn't want to hear that. So I know he doesn't. Say that too much. I know, man. I'm already getting text messages from my buddy. Hey, are you ready? He sent me a message the other day. I think yesterday he sent me a text and he goes, looks like Kofi might be winning that belt at Mania. You getting nervous? And I said, yeah. And I wasn't nervous until the Kevin Owens thing, because then Kevin Owens happened, and I was like, oh, my God, if they're pulling Kofi out of this match, it's because he's getting something at Mania, and if he's going to win that belt, it's going to be at Mania. So I just told him, I said, well, if this bet's going to come to a conclusion, I'm glad it's on the grandest stage of them all. <laughs> you know what? If that happens, I'm buying you the Kofi WrestleMania plaque so you can put that bad boy up on that wall behind you. So that every time you turn your head, I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. It'll be right behind me. Every time I walk into a room, I got to boom, boom, boom. So wait, he, so the he doesn't even do it that anymore. That, that gimmick won't to, even make sense. You, you have to do the boom, boom, boom every time you walk into a room forever? No, I think it was for the length of his title run. Oh, man. I think that was how we set it up. This was like a decade ago. You know, one of those things that you never thought would ever happen a decade ago. Yeah. 
And then I think I got nervous when he had his little push with Randy Orton, and then that yeah. just disappeared, and now it's been a decade, and I've just been like, yeah, whatever. And now here we are, and I'm just like, oh, my God. roost. WrestleMania so, 35. So for the listeners, one thing we're, I'm going to make sure happens, and I don't care if I have to you know, let Chris's wife know, we will get video of moments when he's doing this in public so that we can post it on our YouTube page and our Facebook page because, you know what, hey, we all got to see it. And, like, if you go to the mall, you have to do it in every single store. I'm sorry. I know. I, I, I said whenever I enter a room, it's it was a terrible bet. But at the same time, it's been a pretty safe bet for a while. I'm just this mad that everybody remembers that I made it. So even better, I'm going to make sure that Ed and I, we will travel in the summertime. We'll go down to San Antonio. And we're going to be with Chris for, you know, maybe we'll spend a week or whatever. And we will film every time he enters a place. And we will make sure that this winds up on our page so everyone can see it. Love it. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Chris enters the room. (laughs) Get your bags ready, Ed, because we're going to San Antonio. Woohoo. I like visitors. All right. You guys good, gentlemen? We're good. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to 123 Yes Wrestling and hope you had a good time. Like us, share us, talk about us, email us. You know all that information. If you're still stuck around this long, you've heard it a million times, 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. Rate us, review us. How many stars are we looking for? Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. I like it. So until next time, gentlemen, I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. All right, see you next time. See you guys.